in hospitality, you get to work and you've got no clue how your day is gonna turn. All you can do is prep. I, I can't speak generally about it. I can speak from, from my perspective. Yeah. If I would have probably done some sort of hospitality school in the beginning, management or something like that, I would have avoided making some mistakes that I've done. As a manager, you need to realize that it's not you the one in the spotlight. It's actually your team that does the hard work. And as soon as you realize that, that's when your team is gonna perform, you know. I'm not a big fan of replacing guys, you know. I think managing uh, is the same like making a puzzle. You have to be very good at finding the right spot for the right individual. You, if you do it just because it's another job, probably then it's very easy to, to walk away. But if you do it because you actually love doing it and because you actually enjoy doing this job, it's it's not as easy. I, I know so many people that walked away from hospitality and within a year or two they, they got back to it. I would encourage all kids, go and go and work in hospitality. If you like it, you stick. If not, you know, you've got other options. But give it a try. Even if you're not going to do it for a long time, it will still help you a lot. My guest today is Dumitru Ursake. He's operations manager at one of the best five-star hotels here in Jersey. He's been working in the hospitality field for over 12 years here locally. So he's got quite a vast experience. Now today's subject will be around why you should consider working in this field and what are the positives? Because although there are quite a few negatives, the positives are there and we need to talk about them. Let's hear what he's got to say about it. Dimitri, welcome to Hospitality Insight. Thank you for accepting my invitation. So this episode is going to be slightly different because you are not a chef. You are not uh, any of the guests or any of the uh, jobs that we had till this point. Still hospitality. And we're going to talk about your job in a second. But first, I want to know how you got into this field, you know. So if you could explain, you know, what was your journey from the beginning to now? Uh, hi, Radha. Thank you very much for, for inviting me, uh, firstly. Well, getting to this job was uh, pretty much uh, not an option. Uh, as I arrived in Jersey, give or take about 12 years ago, uh, 2011. And as you probably know, during those times, there were many options to get a job in Jersey. So kind of naturally, I went towards uh, hospitality and I started at uh, Radisson in, uh, in town. I started as a food and beverage assistant, pretty much doing anything in there. And somehow this job grew on me. And uh, I realized that I actually do what I like. And I realized that I enjoy being around people and I enjoy speaking with different people every day, you know, and, and hearing different stories. And I've got excited about this job. And I start thinking, you know, on, on the beginning was a five-year plan, you know, I get my five-year qualities and that's it. Like then, many people. The, yeah, then, 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 then go towards the state jobs or finances or something similar. But... Staying in the job, I've realized that actually you can have a pretty good career in hospitality while doing what uh, what you enjoy. Obviously, in the beginning, the, the hours were unsocial and hard the days, you know, and you sometimes get home, couldn't walk or... But in anything you're doing in life, you need to work hard in the beginning. You can't just, you know... Expecting and getting for granted. You just can't skip, you know, the, the base up steps. So, uh, uh, yeah, 12 years later, still in hospitality. And uh, still enjoying it and still uh, doing my job with uh, with love and passion. Well, that's great, yeah, because there are not that many people, you know, that, that still enjoy what they do. And that was probably one of my questions of what, what kind of like kept you into this into this role after the five years. But I guess, you know, was that passion? Was that you kind of like fell in love with, with, with the job? You made your way up and then you probably got into a better place that's a bit more manageable 
in terms of hours? Is that what it was like that kept you? It is the passion and it's uh, the fact that you never get to be bored in this job. <laughs> I totally agree <laughs> from that perspective. It's uh, different every day, you know. If you work in the office, you just get to the office and uh, you kind of know how your days go. In hospitality, you get to work and you've got no clue how your day is going to turn. All you can do is prep. Do as much prep as possible because everything can change within a second. To, to give you an example, I used to work at uh, at Ransom Steerums. I've been a job manager there for, for three years and we would have a really quiet morning. And then we have two coaches from Tan TV stopping by and you get suddenly 60, 70, 80 people just barging through the restaurant doors, you know, and, and they had a 30, 40 minutes window and you had to sit them down, take the orders. So from going from a chilled and, uh, and okay morning straight into rushing and getting crazy busy. So I guess it's the excitement, you know, of uh, never knowing what's what's going to happen. Yeah, and I guess uh, that's unexpected. Yeah, it's yeah, something yeah. that kind of like... You know, in, in, in office, if you've got someone calling in sick, you just close one of the offices and say, I'm sorry today, you know, due to staff shortages, we can't open this desk. But in hospitality, if, uh, if someone calls in sick, you can't just, you need to carry on. So, <laughs> so you actually need to be able to motivate your team and you need to, to go through it and, and deal with it. You know, so I think this is what kept me. Also, I'm, I'm kind of an ambitious person and I thought that I can do more. So hence the reason why I've, you know, started looking into... Uh, developing myself professionally, so I went to to Highlands. I've done the wine set uh, course, then I went into UK and I've done the VQ level three in hospitality uh, leadership. Then now I'm well the moment I'm doing the level five management with uh, with uh, chartered management. Uh, you do need to always look at improving yourself and, and become better. You know, you can't just stay in one place. In terms of school, because now you're touching on that, you know. Is it important in hospitality? Because I had like guests previously and obviously yeah, that it was mainly about kitchen. So that's probably a slightly different environment. And it definitely is. Do you think it's important to, <clears throat> apart from like obviously specializing on the job in terms of like practicing, is it important to get a certain qualification and go through a school like any other job? Do you think that that's something relevant for the hospitality? I think I, I can't speak generally about it. I can speak from, from my perspective. Yeah. If I would have probably done some sort of hospitality school in the beginning, management or something like that, I would have avoided making some mistakes that I've done. Uh, on my first management roles, I've, I've done some bad mistakes. Looking now back, you know, I'm thinking that oh, I've got no clue how I was so bad. I was bad at it. My first couple of jobs, you know, well, yeah, actually my first two jobs, my, in my first, I was not a manager, I was more like a, a supervisor, shift leader. Mm-hmm. I was so bad at it. Looking now back to it, I, I had no clue how to gather people around me. I had no clue how to motivate my team. I used to be a bully. And that was coming from my insecurities of not knowing how to how to do the job. And now with my eyes of today looking back at that, I'm like, oh my God, I was terrible. So I think this is where school and studying kicks in. If I would have had some sort of uh, of courses done or, or management school or hospitality school, I think I would have not made some of those mistakes because I had a base of knowing how to how to do those things. But at the end of the day, every day it's a school day. So, you know, I don't regret what I've done. I regret what, well, actually I don't have any regrets, <laughs> you know. I think everything kind of followed up, but 
yeah, I think school on certain levels it's important, but it differs from individual to individual. Yeah, and probably the same from department to department and so on. And I guess, yeah, in your field, probably because you work that much with people and you're managing people, I'm guessing, because we'll get to the point that, yeah, we'll get later on, you know, talking about what what your job consists of. Because, yeah, operations manager, it kind of like gives me some sort of clues, but I don't have a huge understanding about the role coming from from kitchen, from the mm-hmm. hosp- that hospitality side, you know, I don't I really know what your job consists of, so we're going to get to that. But I think, yeah, man- knowing how to manage people is a skill on its own. And, yeah. and you are at the level now that you need to know how to do that properly and how to keep people is probably now, now even more important considering, you know, the crisis, the, the staff crisis that we've got. How do you motivate your people? You know, how, how do you keep them motivated today? Because... It's really hard to, I guess, you know, everybody's kind of like, probably not everybody, but most of people are kind of running away from this industry. How do you manage to keep them in the industry? Uh, Well, to be honest, I'm not sure if I manage to keep people in the industry. Uh, I think the industry needs to do something to, to keep people together. And the industry did become better. And you know the hours are becoming a bit more sociable, and uh, the work it's uh, it's not as hard as it used to be. Um, I think you need to lead people, not be a boss. You know, when when you lead by example, that's when that's when uh, uh, you you have a great team. Uh, being a manager, you know, it's not easy. But at the same time, if uh, I as a manager. I don't know, something happens to me tomorrow morning and I don't go to work. The work is going to work without me. You know, the, the business is going to carry on. They're not, you know, it, it's going to be... It's prob- resilient. Yeah. yeah, it's probably going to be tough, for, you know, for a while, but they're, they're going to carry on. But if your team walks out on you, a business is not going to work anymore. So it's not about you as a manager. It's about your team and it's about the way you treat them. Yeah. And you need to treat them with respect and you you need to empower them, make them, you know, at the end of the day, it's about them. It's about the team that does the work, not about, not about you as a manager. You're in there, you know, just to make sure you give them the means to, to, to get the job done, uh, providing them training, you know, uh, giving them all the tools they need to do the job. But as a manager, you need to realize that it's not you, the one in the spotlight. It's actually your team that does the hard work. And as soon as you realize that, that's when your team is going to perform, you know, and it's going to follow you. Uh, it's going to fo- not follow you, it's going to follow your lead. Because everything you do, you know, you do it for them and you do it to make them better, to uh, make them achieve better results. Yeah, I do feel like if we were to have this conversation probably like 10 years ago, you would have a totally different perspective. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, uh, 10 years ago, I was in a different place and I used to have uh, different opinions about managers. Uh, let's just say that uh, through my uh, uh, early years of career, I did not had. Uh, well, actually, no, that, that's the wrong thing I did not had. I've had managers and managers and uh, I've actually had something to learn from every single one of them. Uh, from some of them, I learned things to do. And from some of them, I learned things to never do. <laughs> so looking back, you know, I, I I don't think I can say anything bad about anyone because at the end of the day, in school, you I'm sorry, in life, you learn. So having a bad experience with someone, that's actually a teachable moment. It's not something that, oh, wow, that, 
Uh, no, it's a teachable moment. If you know how to look at that situation and if you are able to look in the mirror at yourself and uh, this happened, what do I take out of it? Well, you've got two options. You either become angry, frustrated, or you're thinking, actually, you know what? Let's just learn something from this. It didn't work that way. So maybe next time I'll try a different way. Maybe the result is going to be different and I'm not going to have a conflict with someone. Yeah, so you gave us a few insights, you know, of, about your beginning in hospitality. But how do you think uh, everything changed from, let's say, when you started to now? Do you see something changing in positive? Do you see what, what's, what's changing in positive, what's changing in negative, basically? The industry changed a lot since, since I've started. Now I can't compare myself, you know, with people that've got 20, 30, 40s in the trade. However, these last 12 years, I think for hospitality uh, were very tough. When, when I started, uh, it was still that old school of hospitality, long hours, you don't complain, you, you've been giving any shifts, you just take them and you, and you suck it and you, and you carry on. It's not the case anymore. So many people migrated away from hospitality that now hospitality businesses are becoming uh, much more understandable. And, you know, they they realize they need the staff to work. They can't work without staff. So they provide them a better quality of life. Uh, we were talking before this post got mm-hmm. started about the Highlands uh, school fair, uh, uh, job fair. Yeah. So a couple of months ago, uh, I went to Highlands uh, Fair, Highlands uh, Job Fairs, and I think there were between three, four hundred young students, you know, looking at... Uh, at opportunities, more, yeah. Yes, opportunities for future. And nearly none of them stopped near the, near the stand of the place I work, because when I asked them about considering career in hospitality, hospitality, no, I don't want to be a servant all my life. No, I don't want to serve people. No, I don't want to, to be a cook. And, you know, and I said, yeah, but you do realize that hospitality is not just about serving at tables and, uh, you know, and, and cooking. It's not just about being a chef or, or a waiter. Hospitality is such a much broader uh, industry. In hospitality, you can have a Monday to Friday uh, job. If you work in, a, in one of the hotels on reservations, you can work Monday to Friday from 9 to 5 or 8 to 4. You've got weekends off, you've got evenings off, you know. You can get a part-time as a breakfast uh, waiter if you want to have evenings off. In hospitality, if you need a day to go to the bank, you can change your day off, you know. And you can have the day off that suits you the best to get your problems, personal problems resolved. If you work in an office Monday to Friday, you don't have that flexibility. So I said, you know, in hospitality, now you've got people that do marketing, that do um, uh, social media content, and you've got lots of freedom, you know, you you can work for, for local business to deal with uh, with their content for, for social media, and then you have fun in hospitality. So it's a very, very big misconception about hospitality. I don't think young students understand what actually hospitality means. Yeah, I, I, <clears throat> I mean, to be fair, you know, it's, it's kind of recently, although I've been in, so I, I worked for like six years in hospitality or some, also a bit in Romania and then here. Um, and then, yeah, probably even to now, you know, meeting so many people with the podcast and then with the video uh, business that I've got and, you know, seeing how vast it is, you know, because my wife was saying like, oh, you know, you're so niche with this podcast that, you know, you're probably soon going to run out of people, you know, but then I'm like, 
No, this is so huge. It's unbelievable. You have suppliers, which are, you know, you got. I think about it as a whole. So suppliers, you know, for me, in a way, you know, that those are the engine of like a hospital, yeah. the hospitality. So they, in a way, they they kind of belong to this industry too. But then, as you said, you know, everything that in 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 terms of like marketing reservations, uh, yeah, reception, everything, you know, it's 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 a it's a it's a bigger yeah, uh, yeah. piece of pie. So I think yeah, we. We kind of like overlook that, you know, it's not just chefs, it's not just waiters and it's so much more. Yeah, you maybe probably need to go through a bit of pain, like in any other industry, I think, you know, till you make your way up. I think it's just normal. And I think it's healthy as well, knowing like the ins and outs, like how would you be, for example, going straight into a managerial role uh, without knowing the pure basics, you know, crop, because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> you you most likely now you can yeah you you can most likely now replace one of your guys without any issues because you've done their probably job in the past, I guess, right? I'm not a big fan of replacing guys. You know, I think managing uh, is the same like making a puzzle. You have to be very good at finding the right spot for the right individual. The, in my opinion, not such a thing. There's not such a thing as a, as a bad employees or bad people. They might not be suitable for that role or for that position or for what you ask in that role for them. But if you're a good manager, you're going to try to see what their skills are and use their skills in a way that you can benefit from that rather than thinking of replacing them replacing someone or you know letting someone go for me it's the last option the last last resort when i've got absolutely no other idea how to how to uh, turn that we 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 live in a world where everyone tries to blame everyone for everything you know Uh, if something goes south straight to all whose fault is what happened who've done it as managers we very very often fail to look at ourselves so if you've got someone failing uh, on the floor in the restaurant, did you provide that person enough training to do his job right? Did you provide that person all the meanings to do his job right? Did you have the right levels of staffing? You need to ask yourself all those questions. If you're going to go and blame straight away the waiter for having a complaint, I'm sorry to say it, but I don't think you're you're a very good manager because you are you might actually be the one who screwed that things up and you might be the cause of, of those complaints. So you have to stop and think, well, let's see what the problem was it. Do you know what's going on with your team? Do you know what personal issues they've got? Do you know what difficulties they've got in life? You can't just put pressure on them without getting to know them. You need to know your team. Yeah, fair and, point. What's your what? So you you kind of gave a few uh, a few clues along the way uh, of this conversation, but what what your job consists of? So you are operations manager, at one of the one of the best hotels here in Jersey. Um, but what what's your role? Or say from when you go in the morning to whenever you finish? Like I mean, I guess it's quite dynamic, so you you don't really know. But like the very basics, you know, what an operations manager does. How could you explain your job to someone that has no idea? What, I can you tell do? you that what, what the operation manager means on paper has absolutely nothing to do with what uh, what I actually do the day to day. And I think that's the that's the beauty of the that's the beauty of the role and that's the beauty of the of the job. Technically, you know, as an operations manager, you look at everything that means operations in a hotel, uh, food and beverage, housekeeping, reception, make sure, you know, everything runs smooth, everything goes up to the schedule, you've got the right levels of costing, you've got the right However, I think this year, uh, 
probably 40% of my uh, of my time consisted of recruiting and finding ways of getting the right levels of staffing. Obviously, we do have the heads of departments that are directly in charge with recruitment. But when your teams are not staffed at the right levels, then your managers have to step in and they stop being a manager and they have to do the, the job they are not supposed to do because the second you know you're missing someone and the manager has to step step into to okay. cover that means they're not doing their job because they're filling in for, for a different role so obviously I had to step in and uh, try to be supportive and, mm. and help them so uh, I've started looking at ways of recruiting people you know ways of getting the uh, the stuff in so that's why I'm saying it technically I should not be dealing with recruiting but I think from February probably to end of mid-May, 40% of my time would have just been recruiting, posting jobs, uh, looking at ways to, you know, to, to get stuff in. But obviously, above that, you, I'm, I'm looking at uh, ways of th- making things better, you know, uh, ways of making everything uh, work more efficient, budgeting, ways of saving money from purchasing, for example. You know, I'm analyzing the costs we we have for for certain products for certain services uh, for example looking at the kitchen you know you, you're looking at how do they use the seasonal ingredients how can you make your gp more more efficient and you have to work very close together with your chef try to you do know. you get into issues because like chefs are usually head chefs in general are usually quite tough mind you know like <laughs> in terms of like you know i've won that i don't care about the cost you know that's going to go in the menu and you'll be like <laughs> I'm not really sure about that because you know it's quite pricey. Or do you get into this? Chefs are a different breed, but we all love a good food. Yeah, yeah. fair point. So uh, I think you know that creativity that good chefs are having obviously comes in with a tiny bit of craziness. I mean, looking at all the great people in the history, tell me one that was completely sane. Fair point. So <laughs> you know, I think that's a cause for that creativity. But you, as soon as you realize that you have to work together. And you don't actually compete with each other, mm-hmm. you know. Sometimes maybe you do have to listen to your chef. Maybe your chef has a good point. I mean, if your chef has a signature dish and that dish, let's say it's out of season and yeah, it costs you money, but maybe that signature dish brings, brings people, people in. Fair point. So maybe you do need to stop and have a chat with your chef and see, well, why we, uh, we, we did this, you know. Chefs are very proud and... If you try to step on their pride, uh, it's not going to go well, <laughs> you know. And they are proud because they are doing one of the toughest jobs you you can do. And they are delivering an incredible pressure. And, and what they do, it's amazing. So they've got all the reasons to be proud. And you have to be there with them to offer them and to give them support. Yeah, fair point. Uh, okay, so you touched a bit on the staff situation, you know, that this is kind of like keeping you busy now <laughs> since since beginning of the year. But are you in a better place now? How do you do in terms of staffing? Is this the biggest issue you've got? What are the challenges basically you've got at, in your role? At the moment for this season, I can say that we are fully staffed. So oh, wow. uh, we we haven't got any, any staffing issues at the moment. Obviously, that's a new culture coming into into Jersey since we had uh, the work permits and the visas and pretty much Brexit 
and and COVID. We we lost lots of uh, hospitality people during COVID because they realized you know they can go and do some okay. other sort of jobs that gives them a bit more freedom or you know less stress. Uh, now with the with the work permits and visas, we've got people coming from from overseas and. They've got a different culture, and I think this in this is uh, a new challenge. Having staff members that are not from Europe, they need time to adjust. You can't bring someone in nine months and expect them to deliver from day one, because if you bring someone that's never been in Jersey before, they're going to need at least four or five months to get up to speed with what goes on in Jersey. And let's face it, in Jersey, people are demanding and people are expecting a good quality of service. So I think it we are adapting at the moment. And, you know, as, as an industry, hospitality at the moment, it, it tries to uh, find some common ground and and build up on that. Because you've got the, all these people coming from different places with different experience, different level of knowledge. And uh, you need to bring them under one standard and you need to make them deliver uh, quality and deliver a good service. Now, I'm going to give you an example I'm not gonna give any names. We yeah. we had uh, in one of my past jobs, we had this sous chef with a very very good CV's twenty years experience of uh, <clears throat> of cooking, and uh, we we had ribeye in the menu, and one day I was just you know passing to the restaurant, making sure everything's alright, and one of the guests stops me, and he shows me his plate and he asks me, "So he was this?" And I look at it and I said, "Well, I'm not sure what you mean. It's a steak, but I'm not sure what you mean." And then he opens up the steak, and the steak was butterfly cut. Uh, cut. <laughs> yeah. So instead of being the nice thick ribeye, it was just split yeah. in, into two. And, and I apologize. And I said, oh, I'm, I'm really, really sorry. Let me take that and, and get your fresh steak cooked. So I go to the kitchen and I give that back to, to the chef and ask him, Chef, what happens? Why is the steak looking like that? Oh, I just thought it's going to cook, uh, cook quicker. <laughs> I was like, ah. You can't do that. It's a, it's a bloody ribeye. I mean, that's not a ribeye anymore. That's a minute steak. I said, can you please cook another one? Uh, well, I've done them all like that. <laughs> and he had the whole chunk of ribeye. He portioned them and he butterflied opened them all. So I had to go back to, to the guest and apologize and ask him if he would like to choose something else yeah. from the menu. And for the next couple of days, we had minute steak baguette in the menu as a special. <laughs> because we had to we had to do something with that but it's because where he came from it was normal <laughs> it was normal to do that so even though he was a very very good and very experienced chef you know he's done something that in here it's naturally acceptable yeah so you do need to spend some time with them you know to to bring them up to up to speed have you ever considered uh, leaving the industry now being for that long here? Like yeah, like you said, you know, there are quite a few people, you know, they come here probably, they get into hospitality at the beginning. No, probably not that much because <clears throat> when you and I, you know, came here, probably hospitality <laughs> was one of the only options, you know. So some people got in there because it was the only option. Some like got there because probably they liked doing it. But yeah, overall, you know, it was probably the only option. But then after five years, had that crossed your mind? It's like, you know what? I've done my five years. Let's, whoa, <laughs> let's do something else. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Probably three, four times a day. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> no, I'm joking. Yeah, you know, you, you do have, uh, you've got days and days like, like everyone else, you know, and you have times when you just sit down and you reconsider your options. But it's hard. 
And I'm going to tell you why it's hard. You do something that you like and you put passion into it and you can't just walk away because the the passion you you put into that job, into that business, in, in into this trade creates a bond and it's not as easy as it looks, you know, just, just yeah, if you if you do it just because it's another job, probably then it's very easy to, to walk away. But if you do it because you actually love doing it and because you actually enjoy doing this job, it's it's not as easy. I, I know so many people that walked away from hospitality and within a year or two, they, they got back to it for, for various reasons. You know, some of them because they realized that going out and uh, working in a different environment where you have to pay your sandwich and your coffee every day <laughs> and it's costing you 10 quid a day that you're yeah. actually pulling the line at the end of the month and you're seeing, well, hang on a minute, there I had a coffee, two coffees, three coffees if I wanted to, had a sandwich, a soft drink, which I would never pay. So my income, maybe I was not earning as high as here, but at the end of the month, I had more money in my, in my account. Or they miss the, the trail of it. They miss the, the customers. They miss the service, the heat, you know. There are quite few people that left and got back to, got, go back to, to, to hospitality. I mean, mm. I think there's a place here that the owner of the place went to be a bus driver, and after a while, he get and he opened his own restaurant. And yeah, that's me. Hi, I know 100 percent what you're talking about. I, I did yeah, not he's a good friend of mine. Yeah, yeah, he's all good. Yeah, he, we know me. Yeah, he's a good friend of mine. So uh, I actually, yeah, collaborate with him on on a few things like videos and all mm-hmm. that. And yeah, he's crazy, huh? So he worked. Yeah, he he did work as a as a chef, as a sushi chef. Yeah, and then he left. Done and a bit of bus driving, and then now he's he's running a very successful business here. Yeah, I would say probably one of yeah. the best sushi places in uh, in Jersey. Fair and point. He's doing run by a Romanian. Job. How crazy is this? And he's doing an amazing job. Yeah. I, I, I had some takeaways from him, you know, and it's just great. So yeah. that's why I'm saying there are people that go away and they come back because of the passion, yeah, for yeah, for yeah, the yeah. trade. But there are people that are doing this just for just for just see this as a job. They they come in, do the job, go away home. As soon as they get another opportunity, they they move on. Yeah, so going back to the customers now. Now we talk about how hospitality, uh, we think, changed, you know, in terms of like the job itself, you know, from when you started to now. How do you think the customers changed? Do you feel like there is a change there as well? Or the Jersey customers, they kind of been, uh, they've been uh, consistently the same? The customers are the same. The habits are not the same. <laughs> uh, the habits do change, but I think it's not just the, the hospitality customers. We live in a rushed world. Everything is everything is in a rush. If you're looking back in 2014, 2015, 2016, eating out sometimes would have been cheaper than cooking at home. I remember I used to, to finish work, go with my wife, grab a takeaway, go somewhere on the beach and, and have a takeaway. A takeaway would have cost me 15, 20 quid for two of us. And we would have a nice, nice meal. So because of that, we stopped cooking home. You yeah. know, for, for 20 quid, you have a meal and you don't do the dishes and you don't do the cooking. So you're saving an hour with, with your partner and, and it's pretty much the same cost. And everyone kind of, you know, start going out as a, as a norm. But now, after the pandemic, you're looking at the raising costs, raising energy, electricity, raising stuffings and everything. And now dining out kind of becomes a luxury again. So not everyone can afford to go out again. 
and we kind of go back in time 20 years ago when going out it was not something you could afford to do every day it was you know something wow to, to be able to go once a month once, once a week. if you're going once a week you're already <laughs> in a good paid job but you know for, for most of the people would go out to a restaurant for a celebration or for something special and with, with the last changes you know and with the with the raising costs it looks like there's where 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 this is heading again you know taking a takeaway these days it's not as easy as it was four five years ago yeah. but the same time when did become eating out a norm i mean looking at the costs involved in running a restaurant and a business and let's set something up straight no one opens up a restaurant to run it as a charity house just to cover costs whoever opens it's a got restaurant to be profitable yeah. opens a restaurant because wants to have a business and it's everyone every restaurant uh, or every owner of the of, of, a, of a restaurant or hotel to make it a profitable business that gives them a, a, a good lifestyle and when you're looking at the costs involved behind the behind the restaurant you know it's why do you wonder that give you an example i had a couple of years ago a customer that called me disgraceful because we were charging two pounds fifty for a portion of toast so those two slices mm-hmm. of toast with uh <clears throat> with jam marmalade and mm-hmm. butter and she didn't even order it she just sent it in the seat in the menu and she asked to speak with the manager and i went to the table and like what's the problem and she started having a go on. You're disgraceful. You, you, are you not ashamed of yourself? And I, I had no clue what what she means. You know, and I was like, "What's the problem? What happened? How can you charge that money? I'm, you, you're ripping us off." And I said, "Well, was something wrong with?" No, I didn't even order it. Why would I order it at that cost? And you know, she she had to go on me. And I've tried to explain. I said, "Yes, but you do realize the costs involved into delivering that toast to you." He said, we need to first be open for you and have everything ready. We need to have someone coming over, taking your order, someone preparing that toast for you, someone doing the dishes after you go, someone wiping that table, you know. He said, there are lots of costs involved. Electricity, everything else goes I'm, into I'm that. Not even, I'm yeah. not even going to go because you've got the <laughs> back cost and you've got liability insurance, you've got, you know, maintenance and... There are lots of costs involved. So Maybe you don't even own, own the place you pay rent. She didn't care. You know what else? I don't care. It's just disgraceful to charge that. It's like, okay, that's your opinion. There's nothing I can do about it. But I said, price is in the menu. You know, if you, if you want to order it, you order it. If not, no. It's, it's up to you if you want to take it or not. So that, that's why I'm saying, when did eating out become a norm? Hmm. It, it's not. Yeah. You know, you, the cost to go out for a meal should my opinion should be higher than the cost of cooking your own meal home. Fair point. Because in a, in a, in a restaurant, you've got lots of people working for you in that moment. And those people need to be paid. So why would I expect to go out? If, if I'm going to any of the local supermarkets now and I'm looking at buying a proper rebuy, it's going to cost me eight, nine quid. Uh, 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 eight ounce rebuy, good quality eight ounce rebuy, probably eight, nine quid, yeah? Yeah. Well, if you want to do a sauce next to it, if you're going to buy a peppercorn sauce, I think that's an extra three pounds if you're gonna get some uh, jersey royals that's probably another four pounds or you know fries or whatever you want if you want to put some broccoli that's a pound 50 so just buying everything you need for that steak it's taking you up to what 14 15 quid mm-hmm. home so how much should the restaurant charge then and yeah. you need to cook you need to 
spend your own time. Now, how value? Washing what up. What's the value of your time? Yeah, for me, my time it's invaluable. You know, one hour of my time it's very expensive because it's my time and it's something that I can't get back. And then you eat, you enjoy, but then you have to wash, you have to clean. So going and paying 28, 29 pounds on a rebuy still looks more a lot. I, I don't think so. Because you've got lots of people that do all those things for you. Yeah, yeah, fair point. Do you feel like the industry got like a big hit? Like how do you see, for example, let's go back, let's go back to your experience, you know? So let's say five years ago to now, do you see like less and less people are eating out, less and less people are using these hospitality uh, uh, businesses, basically? Do you, th- do you feel like we are heading that way or we are there already? We are saying that less people are eating out, but if you're looking at the Saturday night, it's nearly impossible to get in a, in a restaurant without a booking. So I, I don't know. I, I can't say that because I have not seen any, any numbers, you know, and I've got no base on, on saying mm-hmm. this. It weekdays it does seem that there are less people going out. Weekends it's different. Weekends weekends is busy. Uh, I I don't know what to say because you know I can't base my I can't say anything without having a base yeah, for it. Yeah, yeah. However, I do know that eating out should not be something that something that's normal to do. Yeah, I think you should be on occasion. You appreciate it more as well. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree. I agree. Because I had a, t- a time when my son, yeah, when, when we actually came to Chase, yeah. So it was that time when I'm like, I want to kind of like see the island experience, you know, like the cooking, see what's, yeah. what's here. And we were out like probably three, four times. It, whenever we were off, you know, it was going out and try different places and all that. And then it, it, it felt like you're just going there to eat. It wasn't an experience, or, yeah. you know, it was just there, get the food and, you know, we are out, pay, can we get the bill as soon as you finish and out. And you never really felt like it was an experience. It, it seems like during the week, yeah, you, you're probably right because that's kind of how I see it. During the week, it seems to be dropping quite a lot. Weekends, yeah. it's full everywhere. Yeah, you yeah. really need to do your reservations in advance. If you if you want to guess, you something. can't eat in a good place in a, in a weekend unless you. I'm I'm talking dinner times, unless you unless you make a reservation very very rare you can walk somewhere and, and have a table available or you are advised there's going to be a slight wait or you advise that the table is not ready and you have to have a drink in the bar you know. But it's it's it, it is a tough time for for the industry. Uh, just recently learned about. Uh, a restaurant, a very popular restaurant, shutting down in San Helier. I'm, I'm not going to use the name. I think uh, I know which one you're talking yeah, about, but then anyway. <laughs> but uh, apparently, there's a 20% foot uh, traffic drop into San Helier. Oh, wow. So when you get a 20% foot traffic drop into it, it's obvious that you don't have as many customers as, as they used to, but... Now going down King Street, how many uh, places are shut down? Up from the top of yeah. my head, I think there are about three or four places that, that shut Easy. down. I think that was the Phil Unique, Sephora mm-hmm. that shut down. That was the other one with uh, they used to sell watches. Yeah, and, it was jewelry. Uh, 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 Samuel something. Yeah, H. Yeah, H. Someone. And those are on King Street. So. Yeah. You know, it's the best place you can be. Not, not, not having a, a foot traffic in there obviously doesn't give you the 
Do you think that we because because we get less tourists? I mean, I know we don't we don't I don't have probably you don't have that figure as well. But we do get less flights compared to pre-pandemic. There are less flights in Jersey. Uh, I, I can't remember off the top of my head exactly how much, but there are less flights. We don't get as many guests as we used to in the past. If you remember last year, uh, Jet to Holiday, yeah, in June, cancelled one of the two flights onto the island. I remember at that point I was general manager of one of the of uh, of the local hotels, and uh, overnight we had hundreds of cancellations because of that, because they realized that they're only going to have a single flight in Jersey for the summer, not two, and they just took one flight out. That's a big hit for for a business, especially it, it because a, these are usually pre-plan like long in advance yes. and then you know the deals are usually i wouldn't say detrimental for for hospitality but are in a way that if they cancel you know there's no consequences in most situations for hotels the patterns have changed the patterns of bookings have changed if before everyone used to book in advance to get the better prices you know and to plan ahead now the highest percentage of bookings are coming between 7 to 45 days is it better price at that? If it, do I, I don't think it's the price. I think it's people not trusting the pe- people in security. Uh-huh. Okay. It's, you know, looking at myself, if I'm looking at going away on September, I'm not going to book anything probably till a couple of weeks before just because I want to be sure I, I can go. Hmm. Pre-pandemic, do you remember all those talks about how hard it was for people to get the money back on flights from yeah. uh, for own accommodation? and? Yeah. I think kind of everyone there had, uh, learned the lesson that, you know what, no, why should I block my money in there? I'm going to book when I'm sure I can go. And it changed the whole the whole pattern, you know, people not planning the holidays uh, as much in uh, uh, as much ahead. They they just go a couple of weeks before and uh, we can see that in numbers. If if I'm looking at, you know, the, the levels of business in three months time, there's nearly no business there. However, 7 to 45 days before the period, you can start seeing slowly, slowly increasing and going uh, going up. And it's, it's fascinating, you know. The same time, another thing pandemic did, teach people it's cheaper to drink home. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm seeing yeah. so many people, you know, and friends of mine go out for dinner. Before going out, they have a gin and tonic home or they have a beer or pint home. And then they go out, they sit at the table, they only get a bottle of wine, they have the dinner, then they go back home and they're going to have a whiskey home. I was talking to someone the other day, you know, one uh, one uh, sales rep from one of the local companies. Mm-hmm. And uh, he said, you know, if we go out, I'm just going to have a couple of drinks before. It's bloody mad, six, seven quid a pint out. I just go for five quid, I buy four cans in the supermarket I have it, and then I go and I have a good time with my wife and uh, you know I'm, I'm saving 40, 50, 60 quid and back home and uh, this is dangerous because if you're thinking what's the worst when people start drinking on their own home you know for, in terms of mental health in terms of social life when people start drinking home on their own you know it's one thing when you go out and you socialize yeah. and you have a drink you have fun, you have a good time, but when you sit on your own home and you have a couple of drinks because it's cheaper, yeah. I, I, don't I mean, there might be people a... that they still enjoy it that way, but yeah, I, I agree with what, you, what you're saying. Yeah, it's it's a different environment, yeah, and it's and 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 let's not forget, you know, that's still you know, that's a big hit on, on these hospitality businesses because 
a big amount of like whatever income you know the restaurant uh, you know consists of it's drinks because yeah, those are so. not really perishables you know you don't really like the kitchen is a bit more of a, like you need to really know what you really yeah. know what, you really need to know what you're doing yeah but with drinks probably it's a bit, a bit more forgiving you've got your wines you know it stays there probably for like years sometimes depending on which one you got and then it's easier from that perspective because you know it's it, yeah, but it, the, it's a big income. If you're looking at the States, it doesn't really help us either because duty went up again and the duty for alcohol, it's stupid. It's absolutely stupid, yeah. you know, and, and the taxes on alcohol. And in Jersey, you're not allowed to do happy hour. You're not allowed I to do... That, yeah. you, you're not allowed to do any alcohol, uh, uh, you know, sales or, or promotions. It, it's stupid. What's yeah. the... It's your percent. What's the percentage? Do you know the percentage? Like how much it goes, like the tax into, let's say, whatever uh, alcohol you're serving. I might be wrong, but I think for forty ABV, it's about thirteen pounds per liter duty, and I'm not one hundred percent sure. Yeah, I'm, I'm just talking to, just from to the top of my idea. head, but I think for forty ABV uh, alcohol, it's about thirteen pounds per liter, or, or around that area. Uh-huh. Well, if you're thinking of that. That's high. Yeah. That's very high. So then, yeah, for people, you know, that think, yeah. oh, the wine, yeah. it's huge. And in terms of pricing, you know, if you go to the restaurant. <laughs> Most of the cost, it's actually the duty and Part the tax on it. it. It's, it's, it's not a, you know, and yeah, in the restaurant, it's going to be more expensive because you've got someone there that has hopefully knowledge in wines and it's going to recommend you a nice wine to go with your with your meal and it's going to serve that wine to a right temperature you know and it's going to look after you so yeah you do you do pay for for the service yeah totally agree so what i want to talk about i mean obviously we're not going to get and we're not i'm not trying to get anyone in personal life but how do you manage now probably you're in a, a lot better place i guess than at the beginning is your wife in the same? Uh, yeah, she's she's in the same. <laughs> she's trade. in the same trade. She's. Okay. Uh, Is that making your life making your life easier? Uh, yes and no. We've got to, <laughs> we've got common things to talk about. So when we when we've got when we're getting home, you know, we just speak about each other's day, and uh, you know, it's it's nice to share with someone that uh, how to put it uh, that can give you an honest feedback. Uh, without uh, being afraid that's gonna get you upset or something like that, you know, she's a, she's a head housekeeper in uh, in one of the uh, in a very very beautiful property in uh, in Jersey, and uh, it's nice when you go home, you know, and you get to speak with someone that understands the language you speak, and the, by language I mean the hospitality yeah. language, not you know. And you get to share your frustration with with her for half an hour over coffee, and then that's it. You you just forget everything that happened that day, and you crack on with the with the rest of your day. So yeah, it's 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 good. So have you managed to balance like uh, now now your life in a way that okay, I'm kind of like happy with the rotas I I I got with whatever you know hospitality can offer and home and family. So are you in a good place? Do you feel like it's it's a good balance on, now? On on my position at the moment because I'm not directly involved into customer service. Uh so you know I'm you don't need to be there weekends basically. I don't have to be there in peak times or service times. You know, because we've got uh, we've got a food and beverage manager, for example, for the restaurant. Then we've got the restaurant manager, and they are directly in charge of the of the food and beverage department. Then on reception, we've got a, a reception manager, and then we've got the front office manager. Mm-hmm. 
So we've got the teams in place on the position I am at the moment. I'm more preparing and giving them the tools to be able to go through the service well. I can't impact the service time, so I can't impact the service. I'm trying to give them everything they need so they can do the service right. And we've got, you know, the department managers that look after the service during the, the peak times. And on my on my position, then I can, you know, be home evenings or be home on on weekends. However, if, you know, we've got the staff shortage or something happens, I'm always happy to, to jump in. For example, Mother's Day, I had to go and help the restaurant. So I just give them a hand on uh, on 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 the floor in the in the restaurant if i have to cover the reception i don't have the smallest problem with that so as i said it, it's a dynamic role things go unexpectedly every day and i've got i haven't had the smallest problem into you know filling in for 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 a role if uh, if needed to i want to i want to end with <clears throat> something you know that's that's hopefully going to inspire you know people that want to get into hospitality for someone that wants to to get into this role, you know, what advice would you give them? Run away. <laughs> I'm joking. <laughs> Don't run away. It is actually a very, very rewarding uh, trade. I mean, everyone thinks hospitality is not an important uh, job. Everyone thinks, you know, well, at least when I grew up and I was young, you know, everyone thought that working in hospitality, you must not be very smart or the amount of skills and the amount of knowledge you must have in hospitality, it's huge. Out of everyone trying, there are loads of people that could not do hospitality. You need a certain level of skills. And it's rewarding, you know. If you're a people person, you get to speak with 5, 6, 10, 15, 20 different people every day, to hear different stories every day, to engage with different sorts of personalities, to, you know, you get to make someone's day. You, you're having a guest that comes in and maybe is not feeling well, maybe had a bad day, maybe has, has a, a, a health problem, you know. Or maybe you just hear someone talking about being their birthday and they don't tell you that directly, they just speak, but they're not very well. And you just go and you speak with the chef and the, and the pastry chef makes a nice plate with a happy birthday written in chocolate and you give them a, a cake on you with a candle. And you make them this surprise, you know, that completely changes their day. And from a rubbish, bad day, they go home happy. And you've done that, you know. So you actually do have a direct uh, input into someone's day. It's it's important and it's very, very rewarding. I, I used to be a food and beverage manager in Somerset, four-star, five-star property. And we used to do lots of weddings there. I've got home about... 15 cards oh, from wow. from couples that got married in there and they've sent me a card thanking me for uh, making their life special i value those a lot from time to time i look through them and i read through them you know and reminds me why i'm doing this job and why what i do it's important because you actually make someone have and make memories that are gonna last for life and you make it in a nice way. So, yeah, that's why I would encourage people, you know, come towards hospitality. You can be part of the most important moments in life of someone's. You can have an impact on, on uh, everyone's life in today to day, you know, uh, life. 
you do get to have some freedom in terms of days off. You, you're not going to have the standard Saturday, Sunday off from the beginning. You know, you, you're you going to have the odd Wednesday or the odd Monday. But that's good. Monday is the day when you can sort something out at bank. Monday is the day when you can see your GP, not Saturday, Sunday. You know what I mean? If you need an evening off, these days, managers are very understandable. And I'm sure you're going to manage to somehow get an evening off to, to sort something out. If you need mornings off because you need to drop your kids at school. You can go work somewhere where you only do lunch and uh, lunch and dinner, and then you're gonna have the mornings off to to deal with that. It's not about uh, trade to work in hospitality, but you need to have a certain type of skills, and you need to I be a certain to be type a, of person. A, a people's person, in a way, especially if you. If you are like direct facing, you know, direct kind of yeah. talking to customers. We've got grumpy people is... as, as well, you know, usually they work in the kitchen. <laughs> <laughs> so it's, it's not just a job for, for you know, for uh, people's people. We've got all sorts of people in, in the trade. I think you know? that's the good thing about it because you, 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 can, you can feed someone yeah, no matter the... No matter their uh, character, I guess. Yes, yeah, yeah. So I, I would definitely, you know, being a young person, we we do quite lots of Trident students in in uh, in my current place, and I used to do lots of Trident students uh, in my old place, as you know. The amount of confidence they gain doing a front house role in uh, hospitality it's amazing. You see them when they first walked in; they're usually fifteen, fourteen, fifteen. They're shy; they be scared, you know. And you see them after two weeks fully confident going to to a customer and speaking with that customer and enjoying with the guest and being capable to carry on a tray in such a little time has such a massive impact on their confidence and helping them develop their social skills it's amazing to watch you know it's actually, and even if they're probably never going to continue in the trade yes, that's going yes, to be something am- that's going to it's help amazing them. to watch so I would encourage all kids, go and go and work in hospitality. If you like it, you stick. If not, you know, you've got other options, but give it a try. Even if you're not going to do it for a long time, it will still help you a lot. I mean, it will help you to understand people, to read people better. You know that sometimes a person, well, most of the time, people are speaking more when they don't use words, the body language. Mm-hmm. And in this trade, working on a, on, a, on a front of house role, you do learn to read the body language and you do learn to read people better and it's an amazing skill to have in life yeah you know what i like about this episode it was because probably till now we probably could be called a bit of like a a hospitality doomsday podcast in a way because we had quite a few people and you know they have a quite you know different people express different way their their challenges you know and we kind of like got deep into the quite a few of the negatives forgetting how much of the positivity is in this industry. I mean, don't get me wrong, not all the episodes were, were negative, mm-hmm. but just you, we kind of like dwell too much probably into negative and we forget that what this, what this trade is all about. And that's why I really like, I think it was a really positive one. And I really, I really appreciate, you know, uh, finding time for this. Uh, yeah, I'm sure we'll probably do another one in, in the future. Who knows? But yeah, who knows? I, uh, I respect everyone's opinion. However, you cannot build on negative, mm. you know. You you need a bit of positive thinking in order to build up something and in, in, in order to, to become better. Only negative, negative, negative will, will, will tear you down and will build up your frustrations. So that's why I think it's important to actually see the positives of the, of the, of the trade as well. 
Yeah, there's definitely a lot of positive and it was an absolute pleasure talking to you, Dimitri. Same. Thank you very much for, for inviting me again and uh, I wish you and your listeners a uh, uh, a good experience in the hospitality. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. Let's let's hope that we have more people like getting into it because we need people and we all benefit from a healthy hospitality. Thanks. Thank you.